What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. This oh, we're starting early today. The show's going to go two hours in a minute. I love it. Watch Let's get out, to it. America. <laughs> I mean, we got How our much training. Blaine and Mickey, can you handle uh, an extra minute? I hope that's okay with everybody. Uh, Alex Apple, you heard him already. He's sitting in for Blaine Bishop today. The first official training camp practice. I guess the uh, rookies and some of the young guys have been doing a little bit over the last couple of days. But today, everybody hit the field, and uh, it's my understanding that basically everybody hit the field. I was in a scrum with Rhett Bryan and john glennon and uh looks like everybody was there today i'll double check with red on that but uh, don't think anybody missed uh for those of you who wondered about Traylon burks we're going to play some audio coming up that dude was brutally honest after practice now i'll say this he practiced they were doing some seven on seven started with the bang uh, a couple of deep throws one to nwi for a touchdown another one to Traylon burks and and I heard Austin Stanley talking about this with Buck. Like, don't tweet us and ask where's the video. We cannot video. Right. So let's okay. Well, let's do like our like Vrabel. You, you have like the everybody comes back meeting. So here's the thing. Here's what you're going to see in everybody's video. Like I already had a guy. I'm not, I don't even want to say his name. Why would I do that? I tweeted out Derek Henry doing this, essentially like a tire type drill, but they have those like blocking dummies and you go around them like you're leaning forward and you're using your hand to hold yourself up and you're it's like a footwork drill you're circling it yeah. yeah you're circling these 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 tackling dummies and then you then you fire out of there that's the whole drill already had the guy what's so hard about that i could do that okay can you carry the ball 345 times in an nfl season that drill is not difficult it's not it's a piece of a foundation that makes you a great running back it's what it is it's so when you get to rumbling and bumbling and stumbling, that you keep your feet. So you can stop the tweets about, we can't shoot Derrick Henry running through the line. We can't do it. So we can shoot, you know, a little bit of video. We can shoot pictures of when they come out and stretch and then what's called individual. So that's like receivers doing the thing where they, where they're, they call it the typewriter where they're right. working on something footwork. like you doing an agility ladder. Right. Or, you know, Chigo Conquell firing off and hitting Tim Kelly in a tight end drill or, you know, Ben Jones and Corey Levin bumping into each other with tackling dummies. That's what we can put out. And in the case of this is interesting, too. It's just the way they structure their practice. You will never see good video of the outside linebackers because they're so it, far away. It would just be like the grainy footage of yeah. the Sasquatch. The Magru- it would be like the Zapruder film. That's it. It, it. It's 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 almost impossible to capture. They're too far away. We all have phones. Phones have limitations. That's why nobody ever goes like, here's a minute of Bud Dupree. Right. It would be like that tiny speck in a blue jersey that you can barely see on this video is Bud Dupree. That's why you never see any of that. And where the linemen practice, the big guys, it's way off away from everybody, but... You can at least go and kind of stand fairly close to them, and you can get a little bit of what they do. So just remember, the video and the pictures is people stretching and individual drills. Once anybody starts squaring off against anybody in a team standpoint, 
anything that you know the Jaguars could watch and go, <gasps> he was oh he's oh look at that. We can't put that out. Right. So nothing's different for other teams. Other teams have a lot. I mean, it might be a live period that you get to film. I think I saw Juju Smith-Schuster diving for a ball at Chiefs camp. Well, you're not going to get that at the Titans. Not going to get it. Now, you've been paying attention over the last couple of years. You know you're not going to get that. We can In the past, they've let us shoot one-on-ones. So, like, if Tannehill and the other quarterbacks are just throwing routes and there's one DB and one receiver, it, at some point they'll they'll do that, and we'll get to shoot that, and that makes for good video. So those are the type of things we get to shoot. But just just know... When I tell you, Traylon Burks had a fantastic diving catch of a deep ball from Tannehill today. Just use your imagination. Like when Isn't you read that a book. more fun anyway? Sure. So just picture it. as good as you want him to look. So, but Burks was out there. He practiced today. There were no knee braces on Caleb Farley and Robert Woods. And they were out there uh, for everything they could be out there for. Again, I have to think, okay, can I say this or... I can't tell you where they were lined up, although you know Robert Woods is a receiver and Farley is a cornerback, but they both did everything I think that they could have done today. Neither one had on a knee brace. I cannot tell you the significance of saying those two things because Buster Screen's gone. So that's a veteran cornerback who could play inside or outside. And he pointed out to Blaine and me last year, he's like, look, I mean, people just kind of call me a nickel, a slot guy now, but. I, I can play the one. I, I never couldn't play outside. It, 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 we mentioned you mentioned it a couple of times, Mick. Yesterday, it's not that we glossed over it, but I, I think perhaps the weight of losing that depth piece in the green scheme of just the excitement of Titans training camp starting was lost. I mean, Buster Screen would have been a key contributor and a safety net for what could be a really good Caleb Farley, could be a really good Roger McCreary. But what if they're not right away? Do you, you don't know? So. Kevin Byard said this after practice. I'm the oldest guy in the DB room now. And wow. and at some point, the switch just gets flipped, and you're not the young guy anymore. I mean, we've talked about Byard and the young guy. Boy, Byard, and we love Byard. He's a local guy from middle. He said it today. I'm the old guy in the room. Do you got? Do you know? And Brett is in the is in the studio, uh, filling in for Lucas while he drives. I'm sure St. Thomas. Yes, feverishly over here. Yeah. Do you guys know who the most experienced cornerback is for the Titans? I do know. Gosh. I'll let Brad answer. It's not Chris Jackson, is it? Nope. It's not. Don't tell me it's Christian Fulton. Nope. Who? You'll never guess. If you haven't guessed now, you won't guess. I thought it was Chris Jackson. At 23 is the oldest. Yeah, Chris Jackson is my guess. No, no, boys, no. In the words of Flipper. (laughs) 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 Who? It is Greg Mabin. Oh, my oh, gosh. Greg Maven, who yeah. has played five years in the NFL. Holy cow. And who's uh, maybe now without screen, he's likely to make the team. I think yeah. he was a tweener before. I think it's between Greg Maven and Chris Jackson of, of who gets this opportunity now. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one of them is going to accept this rose, I think, when yeah. this thing is over with. So I, I think that's who, and not that anybody benefits from Buster Screen leaving, but if it's you not making the team or making the team, those two guys are the guys who I think benefited the most from him leaving. I think, well, it depends on who they bring in. There's there's a veteran cornerback that will get cut from somewhere that can really help them. Oh, somebody's, I, there's a receiver who's going to get cut, Chris I Jackson think, that could be on been, this team somewhere. I think Chris Jackson would have been on the team. I don't think Maven would have made it, just thinking about the numbers that they have at that position before Buster's screen. I'm curious what you thought of the Des Patrick, Des Fitzpatrick discussion today. Uh, Mike Vrabel saying, giving him, and 
make of it what you will, this award for working hard in the offseason and improvement, it's not exactly clear what metrics they use to define that. Um, that Des Fitzpatrick was one of the guys on offense awarded, you know, an, an offseason award. Um, you guys saw him get some reps today. Mike Vrabel seemed to suggest that time on the practice squad last year humbled him and also gave him the opportunity to be sort of the guy on the practice squad where you're going up against Christian Fulton and, you know, some really good players in this league teaches you that competitiveness and that he's had a big improvement from that. I think how much that improvement makes a difference on Sundays, I I don't know. We don't know. We won't know for another six weeks. But when you think about the Farley news, Traylon Burks' accountability, which we're about to get to, which was so, so refreshing. Boy, it was, and honest. You, you talk. You you want to hear real answers from people? He got real. Could you could you could you have drawn up maybe a, a couple of better storylines for the Titans to start the year? Even if the Des Fitzpatrick thing turns out to be largely smoke, no fire. I mean, some of the the little bits of information and things that we've seen so far have been highly encouraging. As far as they're answering what were key questions, are those answers complete? Absolutely not. But it seems to be encouraging that Des Fitzpatrick is even worth discussing. Is even worth Mike Vrabel saying you get an offseason award? He could have been summarily eliminated just for, you know, seemingly the struggles he had last year. So a step in the right direction. Dylan Radens yesterday, we're told he's coming in, right? He's one of the hardest workers, one of the first guys in the building. I don't know if that makes a difference. But to know that these guys are doing what they can to try to be better gives them potential that the Titans need for them to have. Otherwise, you're talking about wasted roster spots. The offseason uh, award winners, Lucas just texted. He said he is racing back with Kirby. I'd so get out of his way. A picture of those two, Thelma and Louising it through the middle of town together. <laughs> um, this John Glennon, I guess, cataloged these as Rabel spat out the names. I was unable to do so. I was editing video from Traylon Burks, but this is uh, via John Glennon. Titans offseason award winners were Raidens and Fitzpatrick and Tory Carter on offense. Uh, Demarcus Walker, um, Caleb Farley, and Amani Hooker on defense. I think it's good to hear about Demarcus Walker. I had a defensive, uh, you know, a pass rush compliment to some of the top four, maybe. I think that's another encouraging. I'm just saying that I don't know what will become of what we're being told has been market improvements from some of these guys, but I think you couldn't have picked a better group to be hearing right now, hey, these guys have done everything we've asked them to, maybe a little bit more than we've asked them to. I'll tell you one other thing. Ryan Tannehill today, and I I don't know how much this was picked up on, acknowledged that he's now been throwing to Traylon Burks for three days. Ryan Tannehill Mm -hmm. came in earlier. We were wondering yesterday, you know, when we were hearing Caleb Varley picked off two passes and Traylon Burks has looked good. Who was throwing the ball? I think the assumption was Malik Willis or maybe Woodside was there. Good to hear that Tannehill was there working with the guys, getting some extra time. The word chemistry came up yesterday. The word chemistry came up today. Um I mean, Titans receivers, like the tight end room, it's it's different people, right? It's 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 uh, Tannehill is largely throwing. I mean, to a entirely different group of individuals. So Robert Woods is new. Traylon Burks is new. Uh, Josh Malone is new. Uh, Chig is new. Chig is, is new. Hooper is new. Haskins is new. So 
I mean, they got some Hello My Name Is stickers on down there. <laughs> yeah. In so, the offensive meeting rooms, they do. You know, there was some hand wringing, and there was some talk about Tannehill missing, you know, that little bit of the offseason program. Mm-hmm. Guy lost his number one target. And of anybody else that left, I think it's like, okay, okay. But A.J. Brown, my the guy he had the most chemistry with, a, a Pro Bowl level receiver. I know there's questions. Is he a top 10 receiver? But easily a top 15 it receiver. It was the best they had. It was the best that they had and the best they'd had in a long time. But I think once, I think once any of us, if we have somebody that we work with, we have great chemistry with, and we have a great track record with, if that person isn't given the opportunity to continue on with the organization, it's going to set us all back a little bit. But I think once he got over that shock and, and, and feeling the way he felt, he's done nothing ever since then but show up and try to get chemistry with the guys that they have. Talking about Ryan Tannehill, you know, that long pass today to NWI. You got into this a little bit yesterday. I mean, right now, if they had to play a game, if they had to play a game today, they don't. Right now, if they yeah, did. He's your two. He's your number two. Or, or your one, if, uh, well, if Robert Woods Blaine, is not your one yet. Blaine and I have said this. If you had to play today, he's number one. Because Robert Woods is probably your number one. But we hope and pray that his knee is all right. But right now it's NWI. He's healthy. He knows the system. He He's your – they've talked about him. Vrabel, I think, mentioned him at one point today. He can play every receiver position. They they like that. Something Blaine talks about, like, I want a receiver who can play every position. NWI can do that, and he can play special teams. You made a point yesterday, Mickey, that was maybe the one thing that I think of if we just polled everyone that listened, it would have been the one thing that most folks would have had a different take on. That you think Ryan Tannehill is not only going to be their quarterback next year, he might get another contract. Yep. I looked at him standing up there today, and it sort of hit me. To take the job that he has, someone's going to have to be really good. Ryan Tannehill has been really good as a Tennessee Titan. They have won more with him than they've won with anyone since Kerry Collins. Mm-hmm. And that was a flash in the pan. <laughs> so really, you'd say since anyone with, with Steve McNair. I understand the hand-wringing over the playoffs. That being said, Traylon Burks is healthy. You've got some more talent in the tight end room. If the offensive line is just okay... They gave up, I wrote it down yesterday, how many was it, 47 sacks last year? Yeah. Maybe they only give up 40 this year, protect him a little bit better, allow him to get into some rhythm with some tempo, and maybe Tim Kelly brings that in. I think Ryan Tannehill's going to have a good year. I looked at him standing up there today and thought, I think Mickey might be on something that for that guy to not be here for another three to four years, that means Malik Willis has been really freaking good. And, and, and that would be a blessing for the Titans, but I kind of just think you're right. I kind of come around to your point over the last whatever it's been. And you and I were talking about this off the air yesterday. I said, here's the thing about Malik Willis. I mean, he's he can do all the quarterbacky stuff. He's a fantastic leader. He's a I mean, I, I like everything that we've encountered about him. But he's Ryan Tannehill's a, a a do he's a make every throw, a running threat. He's he is an all around. Now there's people who are better. But he's an all-around NFL skilled NFL quarterback who is a leader of this team. Yeah. He's he's all of those things. And today he turned thirty-four. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday! Thirty-four in quarterback years is not what it used to be. You this isn't you know Ken Stapler who was you know smoking easy. and drinking you know in his car after practice. Yeah. This isn't that. I mean, thirty-four 
He'd be 35 next year. Okay, well, that's not that old in quarterback years. I mean, the guy still runs like a gazelle, and he's taking some shots. He took 47 of them last year. Here's the quote before we go to break about football in general, his love for the game. He said, it is tough. Reflecting on last year, it's tough, but it's something that I love doing. I don't take it for granted. You can go back and and listen to his press conference on uh, the Zone Twitter, wherever you want to find it, Titans Twitter. I thought that answer to me was a guy that was – Looking at his career as I do have four to five years left. That's just that's just reading between the lines. That's the inference I got from listening to him. Uh, and I think if those are played well, then I think they'll be played here. And what if Malik Wills just turns out to be a good quarterback and he's a good backup? I mean, a great backup is a huge asset. Right. That'd be a fantastic. It's a third round pick. It's not like he was a first round pick or a top ten pick where you're like, yeah, he's just got to play. That's the way it is. No, he could be an asset to the team. He could be an asset running different packages and different plays. There are lots of things you could do with that guy, even if he's not the starter for a while. He could still be an asset to this team. Or you could do what they did with all of friggin' Matt, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Favre's backups all those Just years. Tra- trade him away. Just trade him away Jimmy for Garoppolo, draft picks Tom Brady traded him away. Patriots did that with backups for years yeah. to Tom Brady. Well, you know what the great thing about a backup is? Nobody really knows how good they are unless you've seen them play. Tom Brady and Rodgers were healthy. Uh, big, and so these guys are some mythical figure. Big man wise says, bro, you got to be out of your mind. Tannehill is going to be here next year. No way. I bet a thousand. I bet you're going to lose that bet. He also said, stop dissing Malik. No We're ways. not dissing Malik. Yeah, you're, you're messing. You're, we got comments like that yesterday. There's no diss on Malik. Nope. All I'm saying is you have to be really good. I think this is what you're saying. You have to be really good to uh, take Ryan Tannehill's job because largely Ryan Tannehill has been really good. He has. 19, he had one of the most efficient quarterback seasons of like the last quarter of a century or ever. Go back and look at the efficiency numbers. Then 2020, he had the you know, the best statistical season a Titans quarterback has had as a Titan. I'm not talking about Warren Moon, but I'm talking about in the you know Tennessee Titans. All right, let's do this. When we come back, a lot of you wondered about Traylon Burks. What happened in his offseason? Because he was out there today, and he was practicing, and he looked like he'd lost some weight, and he said he'd lost some weight, and even how much. And he also said some really raw, real stuff. If you want that, come right on back, because it's coming. Blaine and Mickey. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at Cumulus boost.com Blaine and Mickey, go, but, hey Brett Batchelor hey, it's football season we're back oh. fire this baby <laughs> up <laughs> um, yeah we're rocking and rolling here um, Alex Apple sitting in for Blaine today is uh, officially day one practice for all of the Titans uh, for training camp although uh, Ryan Tannehill is as Alex Apple who's sitting in for Blaine kind of Kind of said earlier, like he mentioned being there throwing already for a couple of days. I, I think that dude was like, that. I'm gonna go ahead and drive in. I'm gonna go ahead and do this because I got to get used to Hooper and Chig and Robert, and I got to get every. But I love that because he's not going to play in the preseason. I mean, you're hardly going to if you see much of Tannehill at all. Yeah. Get every one of these throws right now. Get, get them all. Get them while they're hot. Um, and he'll probably get some fantastic one-on-one work when the other teams come in to, to practice against the Titans, uh, when they do those uh, joint practices with uh, who else coming in? The Buccaneers? The Buccaneers, and I forget who the The Cardinals? 
Is the are the Cardinals the other home preseason game? I believe that's right. Uh, yeah, the preseason like, matters so little to me that I've staff uh, you know, can, Mac, you know, can look at that. that from my mind. And what do you do, Mickey, if something bothers you? To the extent that I really do believe what Ryan Tannehill says, that he was very bothered, he was upset about the playoffs and how last season ended. When you do that, you return to the people that, uh, your family, your friends, you get back around the people that help you, lift you up, and insulate you, right? Well, if you're ready to move on from last season, go ahead and get in the building. Let's go, baby. Get back around the football team, get around your receivers, start building new relationships. I think that's exactly what he should have done. I loved hearing that it was him. It wasn't Malik Willis. It wasn't Woodside. It was him that was here throwing to Traylon Burks, some of the other younger guys over the last three days. The Cardinals. We Brett just Batchelor Brett says, yes, Cardinals. Here. Look at that. Cardinals I, I remembered in. something. I, I talk about a, a, a couple of good tests for the secondary. They got uh, some dudes. Yeah, talk about uh, what the Cardinals did to this Bucks team too. last year. So uh, looking forward yeah, to hey, seeing. Hey, you talk about who the Titans are going to have to guard. You're going to talk about putting Caleb Farley and Roger McCurry straight in the action in week two when you have Chris Godwin Mike Evans, Julio Jones, who all probably won't play as much, but they might <laughs> yeah. see like a player or two, but still, that's a wide receiving court that's even got some really good depth, so some good action for the man, DBs. Man, but Tampa isn't even paying attention. If, if Julio Jones even gets on a flight to Nashville, <laughs> they haven't been paying enough attention. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Hope he's ready week one and take what you get. Yeah, if you in case you missed it yesterday, Julio, Julio Jones signing a one-year deal with the Buccaneers. Absolutely, I'd be like, good. Hey, big right, what, what are you happy with? Stay six here, games? Stay, stay here and ice your ankles. You, we'll you, ho- you hope you get, get back. six to eight games and he can play in the playoffs? Well, what is Tom Brady? I mean, you were saying this when we sat down. Tom Brady's going to be like, hey, man, we, we don't miss around here. Hey, man. Uh, you, uh, hey, well, man. But I'm, if he I'm, does, well, I'm 46 he years old. Godwin and Mike Evans and Russell Gage and Scotty Miller may still be over there. Kyle Rudolph now. Anyway, how old is Tom Brady? Is he 46? I think he's 45. I mean, I'm 45 years old. You and Tom Brady same age? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You look like you could still play a little ball. Well, we came up at Titans practice one day that I could that I could lie about my age fairly significantly. So uh, yeah, you could probably. So I probably I tell Buck he's an old young person and I'm a young old person. Julio Jones played 10 games last year. Ten games, thirty-one receptions, four hundred and thirty-four yards. He dressed yards, and that for long ten touchdown. games. Yes, he did complete <laughs> yeah. ten games. C- correct. I bet. I bet she put all his quarters together at barely massive six. Anyway, I'm done with Julio. Let's get to the guy that we do have uh, for the Titans, Traylon Burks. You get some. You that was your big takeaway from training camp today. What he said. Biggest things today, like you talked about, rejuvenated Ryan Tannehill, like a guy who just seems ready to rock and roll and and really have chemistry with a with a pretty much rebuilt offense. The fact that Robert Woods and Caleb Farley, who they need to be starters and significant contributors, are both coming off catastrophic knee injuries, and both of those dudes out there with no braces on. I'm going to knock on wood as I say that. Seriously, and then Traylon Burks, who they need to play like a they need to finally. Oh, they need a dude. They need a first round pick to come out and play like a first round pick and not be worried about rap music records and dropping dollar bills on boats and whatever else or, you know, missing time because of injury. They need a number one pick to come in and just be a dog. Well, Traylon Burks had a dog play today, like full on sprint with the DB trailing him. I mean, this is a big dude. Diving and catching the ball ahead of him, going to the ground, rolling, holding on to it. So after practice, I mean, a scrum of people 
around the rookie from Arkansas with a lot of questions about his conditioning, about weight loss, about asthma, about like, do you really think you were prepared? And here's about a minute and 40 of Traylon Burks with all the honesty you've ever heard from an NFL player. Uh, I feel a lot different, uh, feel a lot healthier. Yeah, you know, it just makes me feel good. Sure, I can come out here and just play a role, and be a part of the team. What do you think you lost a little bit of weight around? Um, honestly, just I mean, like you know, getting my conditioning right. Um, you know, making sure I'm taking care of my body, eating healthier, um, working out, and I'm um, just really staying on top of my playbook, and you know, just knowing knowing my role and just being part of. The so when you how much weight did you drop between now and between now and uh, the end of OTAs? How much weight did um, you dropped? I would say. About five, six pounds. How much difference has that made for you? Um, it's made that you know a pretty good difference. Uh, just say, uh, really, with my you know asthma and my breathing, um, just being able to you know handle handle it a lot better, and uh, you know just being out here with the team just makes it even more what are, better. What are some things you did to handle the asthma better from um, conditioning, running, you know, putting myself in situations where I knew that my asthma would flare up. And uh, just being able to push through it, and you know, just be be dominant. In the past, has the asthma like gone away seasonally? Is that like more of a uh, summer thing? And the football season is better. Honestly, you know, I just you know condition, keep conditioning until you know I don't feel it no more, and you know, just make sure that I'm taking my inhaler before practice, after practice, just stand on top of everything. Should you, you have done more of that stuff before, before you? Should you have done more of that stuff before you showed up to the football? I would say yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, that's just being accountable, um, you know, and I should have took a better, you know, uh, attack on that. And, uh, you know, now that I am, you know, you can tell the big difference. I should have, that's just being accountable. I should have taken a better attack on that. Um, supposed to have Will Selva from the NFL Network join us here in the next couple of minutes as well. Looking forward to that. But when was the last time an NFL player said a bunch of stuff like that? I, I think. <laughs> It made me wonder, like, has he just not been coached up enough on the canned answers to give, right? Was he a little too honest? But if that was me, I would want to give that answer because it absolves you of some sort of responsibility. Um, A little. It doesn't mean that you didn't make a mistake in not being um, in some way culpable. I mean, you're a freaking professional. Get in shape. But for you to just acknowledge, yeah, I made a mistake. Right, I screwed that up. It cost me four days, five days at minicamp, whatever it would have amounted to. That's refreshing. To your question, when was the last time you heard something like that? Been a while. Will Selva will join us tomorrow. Tomorrow for oh, Will Selva of the NFL Network. There you go. We're doing things in real time here. We'll just erase this part because we're recording this like five days well, ago. i got plenty of questions for him. I'll leave you a little bit more. <laughs> yes, I'll be very ready for tomorrow's Will Selva <laughs> segment. Um, he'd mentioned losing, what, five, six pounds or so. Well, they were here till the middle of June. Now, the rookies stuck around after that and did some stuff in the building. Um, I asked Coach Mack yesterday, okay, how much does a coaching staff talk to um, individual guys on the way out? And he said, Mickey, we, they, we talked to every one of them. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, right, did a, a coach pull – right. you know, you have the meeting with everybody. You know, don't do anything to hurt the team. Don't do anything to hurt yourself. Uh, I remember hearing – I've asked several coaches, like, what was your meeting like, your last meeting with the team every year? And it was always like, don't do anything to hurt the team. Don't do anything to hurt yourself. 
recapping a little bit, looking ahead, you know, your last words to kind of make an impact. And Coach Max said, oh, no, you have a meeting with every individual guy on the way out, and you tell them, hey, man, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what you need to be working on. The Traylon Burks thing is interesting because the last few years, the first-round picks, again, Farley gets hurt. Panda doesn't play. You know, second-round pick Dylan Radens doesn't really play. They've really hit on some later-round picks and even some undrafted free agent guys. But some of the top picks, Kevin Dodd, a second-round guy, I know that was a long time ago, but that's another guy who they could have counted on four or five years or, or so, or maybe still if he had panned out. But you really need a first-round pick to work. And I remember... I'm from Arkansas, so I know a lot of people from Arkansas being from there. And I think it was even one of my own relatives were like, hey, man, I saw, you know, the video you posted about Burks and you guys were talking about him not practicing. You need to. And I got a lecture from lots of people back home. And I've probably gotten five <laughs> or ten messages today from people from Arkansas. How to trail and look, how to trail and look. How was he today? I and saw by you. the way, Mickey, not to interrupt you, but if you want to see the diving catch. The Titans just put it out on oh, Twitter good. 22 okay. seconds ago. They That's can a great put it catch. Out. Okay, they can put With it out. Hands. We cannot. They can. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to retweet this first look at the, but the diving catch. What I tried to say was, you can see that the ability's there. All you got to do is watch the video of him in Arkansas. Just watch the video of him playing in college against professional defensive backs in the best league in college football, which we all down here think is the SEC. So we know that he can do it. But he was the only rookie that mispracticed because of conditioning. Nobody else did. And for him to go away and put in the work that he did, because it's not that long of a break, and no, come back right. today completely ready to go, pedal to the metal, you know, one of the first plays of practice for him to go all out, make a diving catch like he did, which apparently that video is, is out now from the Tennessee Titans. And then for him to stand there in front of the microphone, and I'll say this, Growing up in that state, and he's from Warren, Arkansas, which there are like five NFL players from Warren, Arkansas. Something in the water. Chris Gregg and Greg Childs, they were all Razorbacks, and then they all spent some time in the NFL. So I think he has a chance to be better than all of those guys, and there were some really great players. For him to just stand up there today and be honest, you know, that's a, this a guy who hunts hogs with a knife. So literally, and that that's a for I've had several people say, is this a real thing? I, I know other people have done that. You go into the woods with your dogs and they corner the hog. And then if Pete is not listening, then nature takes its course. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is a hand to hand combat. The likes of which most people don't hunt in that way. They do not. They take it's a, a gun. special kind of kind of person. But this is a, a country kid from Warren, Arkansas, who just stood there today and was like, yeah, I lost some weight. Yep, I feel much better. Yep, I probably should have done better with that. You know, yep, I'm, you know, and he talked about, uh, you know, kind of testing the limits of his asthma, uh, uh, of his respiratory issues. Like, yeah. okay, I, I've got to get to the point where this stuff doesn't bother me. So he was pushing himself to his limits. But uh, And go out and lose five to six pounds. You feel better. Well, I'll say this. It doesn't seem like a huge number, but not surprising that that makes a huge difference. Unless there's a flashback in some way, this is over for me. Unless, you know, unless tomorrow we go out there and he's not out there. Or if he takes, you know, half the practice off. Or if he does individual and then jogs in. Then I'm going to start to have some more questions. But for me right now, Mike uh, Nim says the biggest non-story of the preseason so far 
it was a story because he was a first-round pick that was not practicing because of conditioning. But to me, this will erase that. And there's a lot of mini-camp stories, Mickey, every year. And maybe I'm on a soapbox on this, but I was on several weeks ago with you and asked, I think it was Buck, and I, he was like, well, I love the story because it gives him something to talk about, which I get. But I feel like there is a lot of non-stories. Remember what the story was last year? A first-round pick wide receiver. Jamar Chase can't catch anything. Right. He's got bad hands. <laughs> he can't catch. He, this, it seems like there's the a ball didn't have stripes on year. it, remember? The ball was different. <laughs> okay. But it seems like there's mini-camp non-stories every year. I, I enjoy talking about them, too. Right. It makes radio more interesting. Well, it does. But it doesn't mean that they have any effect three months later, two months later. Well, it, it's it's rendered null and void because of how he showed up today and how he performed. That's what it says to me. But it was a story. He was the only rookie who didn't practice, and he was the one you have the most invested in. It's a first-round pick at a great position of need. Ja L says that, no, it was a story because the Titans' recent history with number one picks. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's the First-round picks. That doesn't make it a, more of a story. That makes it the one thing that Titans fans are sensitive to. Sure. If That's it was a fifth a totally round pick, understandable. If it was a fifth round pick and he's having some trouble, we would have never okay. talked. We would yeah. have said, "Yeah, this dude's not practicing. He Go better send get him with off it." Of Cole McDonald into the you know trash heap. They send him, as Buck says, into the sun. <laughs> well, I mean, he's from Hawaii. It's sunny there. Sure. Boy, that dude. As soon as he arrived on the mainland, Cole yeah, McDonald. People don't even know that is. He's a quarterback that they drafted a few years ago. That rascal. Hey, go look up his Hawaii highlights. So don't knock him. He was good in the pros. Why they drafted him? I'll never understand that. And then Luke Falk was no better. At what was that one year prior or two years? They wasted two six round draft picks on on <laughs> nothing. Falk lasted a year. Do you remember the next year he went to like the Jets? I think and actually played in a couple of games. Oh, and then he played. He played in I, the over under. I would say is two games. I think he played in two NFL games. He may have started one. When they were just kind of chumming the water to try to find a body near the end of the season. I see you feverishly looking this up. Good. Yeah. He's got 47 career completions, which is... Uh, Throws or completions? A, a compl- uh, well, if it would load, I'd tell you. I'm pretty sure it just said completions. It just cut off the page from, from me. He has Luke Falk. You're right. Luke Falk just got released 73 in 2021 pass attempts, 47 completions. 47 completions. The Logan, Utah native. There yep. you go. That's and then he got released from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last season in the CFL. 27 years old. Well, I mean, he still played in the NFL longer than all of us combined. So <laughs> and I'm not knocking on the guy. but No, but he was a leech guy. The pirate made him look good. Yeah. Why did the Titans draft him? I don't know. Yeah. The Cole McDonald thing was even a big head scratcher because they knew he had some mechanical issues. I mean, at that point, just take another DB who can play special teams, right? Just take and find another Chris Jackson. Just take another. Heck yeah. Uh, which Chris Jackson, uh, again, probably has the best chance of benefiting from the Buster Screen News. He and Greg Maven, the senior cornerback on this team now, uh, five years. I looked it up. Greg Maven, he's the oldest player. You said he's the seniorest most player, DB. He's 28 years old. He's the singular. senior most cornerback. How yes, old is Byard now? Uh, I believe he's 31. I'll look. Yeah, oh. Byard is the senior defensive back on the team, uh, which he pointed out today, which. Um, you talk about, uh, and Mickey's he's, he's about to turn 29, Kevin Byard. Let's take this Traylon Burks talk about six weeks that he had to improve his body there, maybe even a little bit less than that. 
five weeks, whatever that was. And think about Caleb Farley having an offseason for the first time. The back issues were gone. He didn't have to sit out due to COVID. That uh, you know unpredictability was gone. An offseason to get stronger and bigger. I took that as a big takeaway today. I think it was Mike Vrabel who said he's added strength inside, and he hadn't had a chance to do that with his back. And now the biggest question for him is just you've seen it all on tape. You've been hurt. You've been able to watch as much film as you can possibly stomach. Now go do it on the field. The field's faster, but an offseason for Caleb Farley might have put him in a different stratosphere for his potential, something he's not had in three years. Yeah, we actually... And think about how much that might mean for him, given how much it meant five weeks, six weeks for Traylon Burks. Yeah, I, I, we can get into that more on the other side. I, I think we actually have... I think I actually have some audio on that very thing about him talking about it. So let's hear, let's get into some Caleb Farley discussion again. Today he practiced, no knee brace. Obviously a guy the Titans have a lot invested in, want him to be a starter opposite Christian Fulton. We'll get into a Caleb Farley next. It's Blaine and Mickey with special guest host Alex Apple. Uh, nice appearance on radio earlier today, filling in for Buck Rising, he and Will Bowling. He's just in there pressing buttons. He looks like his hair is on fire, but he's back. I don't know. Now he's disappeared. You got that training camp glow. Yes. Uh, you know, from all the sun. Yeah, out we're there. we're all not gonna be glowing in about a week. It's, <laughs> it's a grind, you know. There's we're talking to our boss, Paul, and he's like, Big crowd today. I was like, Oh yeah, it was like the all the usual suspects, and then they're like an extra photog, an extra reporter, yeah. you know, two people from the outlet that usually sends one, that kind of thing. And he's like, what do you think it'll be like in a week? I said, it'll just be, it'll dwindle right down to the usual suspects. It'll only be the usual suspects. Um, Usual suspect for the Titans this year needs to be Caleb Farley. The guy needs to play big. He's a first-round draft pick. Obviously, didn't get to play a whole lot in college because he had some injuries and there was stuff going on. And then he's a first-round pick and then he gets injured again. He's dealt with back. He's dealt with knee but Mike Vrabel talked about this yesterday. He's just a different cat. This is a tall, they don't have anybody like him. long, rangy corner. And he talked about him getting a couple of picks in some of the early, like the the like pre-media arriving for today before everybody reported practices. Uh, and he just said, I, I think guys forget about his length and just what he brings to the table. And... Mike Vrabel actually talked about this. this is what Alex was alluding to was the fact that Caleb Farley got an offseason, which he didn't get before, and what that would mean to him. Here is Mike Vrabel. This is via Buck Rising uh, talking about Caleb Farley getting a full offseason. Football, for that matter, and the offseason was an opportunity for him to do that, really train hard, lift, add strength, size that's critical in this league but also um, an understanding of what his job is and, and what the offense is, is doing, formations that they're in or splits that they're in, recognizing all those things. And then now trying to add that to practice to where you're able to recognize those things on the field and not on the film. The film's a little slower than, than the field. I think it's also huge for a confidence standpoint. Anybody who's had an injury knows it takes a minute for you to be confident in your foot, your knee, your shoulder, whatever it was that you hurt. To be able to do what you were doing before that, you know, and it nothing is going to replace playing on the field, getting that first hit. Maybe it's a preseason, maybe it's in the regular season, whenever they decide to unleash him. But having the ability to add strength is such a confidence boost to a guy who just needs to stay on the field. 
it has been a long time since Caleb Farley has played much football. Well, we got into this yesterday, and it's funny. We were talking about it, and I saw someone had tweeted this out, like the hardest positions in the NFL to play, and they had ranked them uh, from worst to first or easiest to first. People always say running back is the easiest, although ask NFL running backs who have never had to pick up yeah, pass pro and ask them how hard it is. But anyway, running back or is how all- you feel on Monday. Well, that's true. Like uh, you've been in a bunch of car accidents, but cornerback was number one on their list. You know, Blaine has talked a lot about that. It's just the league has legislated the rules to stop you. I mean, in New York at the league office, the NFL is essentially just X number of hundred TV shows per year that they put on. (laughs) It's TV shows. You worked for Fox. You know, I've been at, worked at ABC affiliates. I mean, the NFL, college football, they're just units of time. Now, they're entertaining and people fall in love with the players and the coaches and all that. But to the people in the TV offices, they're just a very valuable commodity, you know, is what they are. And um, oh gosh, what was the point we were making? Um, I kind of lost myself there. Well, somebody is tweeting the most random bunch of addresses at us here. Bucks Adderall medication uh, is tweeting some <laughs> very interesting addresses in uh, at us. I don't know what this is in the zone. There's TV too chat. much stimulation in that, in that, chat sometimes it's an an odd place your point i think was that well and the larger point that i think needs to be made here is that so and help me trace this back caleb farley two years ago decides not to play Mm -hmm. because of the covid season he then comes back and hurts his back Mm -hmm. relatively quickly in the season right i don't recall exactly how many games he played at virginia tech last year he gets three games Last offseason, he's rehabbing the back. He rebuked in the name of Jesus. He wouldn't be ready. He yes. got himself ready, and then he got hurt again with another serious injury. ACL, now he's had yeah. an offseason, and even with the ACL, I'm sure there was a great deal of rehab coming back, but he had a chance to build up her body strength, probably work out his back. Um, depending upon where he's been at with his rehabilitation, he's had some chance to work out his lower body and gain confidence and strengthen that muscle and hopefully add strength that's going to help him not get hurt again well i here's you reminded me the point i was going to make was this caleb farley is playing a position in a league that is designed to have entertaining tv shows and in the league's mind an entertaining tv show is is 42 it's at his expense is 42 to 38 so here's a guy who like you said played in three games last year and has now got to come out and play as a starting cornerback in this league where everything is designed against him it's designed to be an an entertaining tv show with him being a foil for that, yeah. you know they they don't want him right. to work out very well. Any you, of, you do your best with no uh, protection uh, from the rules of any kind. And one of the biggest, I got a whole list of things that I think the Titans are counting on. And after today, I would have to think they felt much better. But the number one thing at my list was, and we got into this just a tad yesterday: Can Caleb Farley post a Christian Fulton like jump in year two? Christian Fulton got a top. A top 25 coverage grade. He was 10th among outside cornerbacks in forced incompletion rate. This is Christian Fulton. And he had 12 uh, passing stops, it says, tied for 11th. Maybe PBUs. That's just another way of saying it. I had gotten this out of a story in the offseason. Fulton played in six games as a rookie. Farley played in three. So for Caleb Farley... All these nuances, all these things you have to learn. So it's not just learning like, okay, this is what this particular quarterback likes to do or I'm going to have to guard this receiver just this is 
this is what he likes to do. And when he puts this weight over here, that means he's going to make his break. It, it's not even learning the individual stuff. It's just learning the nuances of the NFL and passing games. And, and you know, you got a nine ball stack, as Coach Matt calls. You got two guys lined up behind each other. It's learning all that stuff. Well, he just hasn't been able to be on the field even a lot. So to even experience it yeah. in practice. And, and, to, he's, and to know what you've got. So, and then he's been rehabbing an injury a lot of the time that he's been here. One that he came in with and then another one that he got hurt. So, And the, the, the team definitely wants, and this is something to watch over the next couple of weeks, I think the team's ceiling is highest if Caleb Varley is one of your two outside corners. He basically takes the spot Jackrabbit vacated. You get Molden in the slot, and then you get McCreary, who might be a really solid guy that can probably play as... I don't know if he'd be in the dime position. They've put a third safety on the field, but the third safety, the cornerback depth maybe looks better than your safety depth right now. That's something to watch too. And then you've got McCreary that you can use basically where you see fit, right? Do you see it that way, Mickey? I mean, ideally they like to have Farley on the outside. Fulton's already on the outside. And then you have Molten inside. Molden inside. Yeah. Um, I wonder. Is that what you'd bet on? No, I, right now, if you had to place the Farley best. and Fulton are uh, Fulton are the outside guys with Elijah Molden. I think we've wondered like, okay, is he going to step up and take the Dane Cruikshank cover the tight ends deal? Is that what he's going to be? Will he play in the slot? Will he be the all time slot? You know, it's probably going to be a battle for him and McCreary to play some to play some uh, snaps in the slot. But McCreary also, I mean. He's another guy that Vrabel and John Robinson talked about yesterday, and John Robinson and Ryan Cowden, uh, the two top personnel guys for the Titans, were talking about McCreary yesterday just about how eagerly and well he played both inside and outside at Auburn. So I think for McCreary, they may see him as, I don't want to say a luxury, but if Fulton's ready to start, because if Farley is ready to start, Fulton has shown that he can be a quality outside starter. Who's your third safety right now? Theo Jackson from Tennessee? Or A.J. Moore, they signed, uh, is it A.J. Moore? Yeah, A.J. Moore. I th- if I had to guess today, I think it would be, be A.J. Moore because of experience, but I don't know if anybody on the team outside of, like, got drafted to start, but the other, the other, uh, Theo Jackson has a fantastic opportunity to not just make the to team. play that Crookshank role. But, but to yeah, to fit in somewhere mm-hmm. on this team and, and and contribute some minutes, not just on special teams, but to contribute on defense as a depth piece. Yeah, he can move now. I mean, you've got two great safeties ahead of him, but to me, the thing at safety is who's number three. And it's like at, at inside linebacker with Monty Rice. Because that's probably your dime back, right? That's your sixth defensive back on the field. Could at least that it's, they've gone three safeties in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. Yes, absolutely. I'm having trouble getting words out because I'm trying to say too many things at one point. Um, but when you look at the inside linebacker position, it's like, okay, who's number three there? Because if if Monty Rice is available, it's him. But if he's if on the PUP, if he's not, then is it Dylan Cole? You know, is it, I mean, who is it? Yeah. Is it somebody who's not on the team that's going to get cut from somewhere else if Monty Rice isn't ready to go? So there are a whole lot of depth questions. When you look at this team, it seems like they're set at starters in a lot of places. But the questions are depth. Who are the backups? And which team knows better than any in the NFL how your depth gets tested? 
Tennessee Titans. 91-player Tennessee Titans. Jason, hang on the line. We'll take some questions. Jason, we'll get to you when we get back. you got questions about uh, I was there today, what I saw, or what you think you can hit us on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, uh, 615-737-1045. We'll give you an update on what we saw at practice next on Blaine and Mickey.